Hey, what's up, everybody? Joel Klatt here with a new edition of Breaking the Huddle, presented by Dr. Pepper. And remember, at every tailgate and home gate, it is the one that fans crave. Now, we got a loaded show for you. We appreciate you watching here on Facebook Live. And remember to really enjoy it. Interact with us. Throw us your comments. We'll try to get to those during the show. And also share the show with your friends so that you can have a conversation about what I'm saying. Call me an idiot. Do bias. Whatever you want to do because that's awesome. And maybe we'll even refer to that later in the show. Uh, lots to get into, including my new top 10. And remember, from week one to week two, the top 10 Lots of changing because we finally see these teams on the field. So I'll reveal that in just a moment. We're going to get to see uh, some things that I love and some things that I hate. Uh, so some great performances, some not so great performances. That's coming up. Uh, we're going to get to clap back. That's right. More tweets from you that I get to respond to, hopefully with lots of sarcasm and snark because snark is amazing. Um, we're going to have Matt Leinard in talking about his top five Heisman, tro uh, Heisman Trophy candidates after the first week of the season. And then we're going to end the day with some chalk talk. I'm going to show you a play that Josh Rosen used to beat Texas A&M. About four and a half minutes left in the game. There was a fourth and three, a completion to Caleb Wilson. I'm going to diagram that for you uh, later in the show. So here we go. Top 10. Pay attention because things are changing up a little bit. At number 10, it's Stanford. I know that they just played Rice, but remember now, they went down there and handled him in Australia. That was week zero. Now, all of a sudden, they jump into my top 10. I think Stanford's a really good team, in particular on their offensive line. Washington, remember I had them all the way up near, I think it was five last week. They dropped down, even in a win. Why? They did not look very dominant. Their offensive line struggled against Rutgers. Jake Browning did not look sharp. Basically, two players for them out-talented uh, Rutgers. Dante Pettis with the punt return and then Miles Gaskin in the run game. So they're going to move down, although still in the top 10. USC, they fall down for me because they're defensive front seven. Guys, Western Michigan, I know they won 10 games or, excuse me, had an undefeated regular season a year ago. But you are severely more talented than they are. And they out-physicaled you at the line of scrimmage. That can't happen against this team who you play this weekend. So that front seven is a bit of a cause of concern. And Sam Darnold's got to quit turning the ball over. Two interceptions, no touchdown passes. Oklahoma State is at number seven. They move up a little bit for me. Why? They've got the most potent offense in the country and proved it in week one. There is no team that has better wide receivers than Oklahoma State. And there's no team that has a better combination of quarterback wide receivers than Oklahoma State. Mason Rudolph, James Washington, uh, Marcel Aitman. I mean, they're really good. So watch out for Oklahoma State. At number six, I've got Penn State, the Nittany Lions. They proved to me that they are exactly how good as we thought they were. They went out there and took care of their business. Barkley is sensational. What do you have, like 13, 14 carries? He goes well over 150 yards. This dude, he's got something now. And Penn State, that's a good team. Jason Cabinda, I keep saying that name. He's their linebacker. I really like Jason Cabinda. At number five, here we go. Top five teams in the country, according to me, Joel Klatt. I start with number five, Oklahoma. I thought Baker Mayfield was sensational. And basically just a half a play, he was 19 of 20, completed his first 16 passes, and he didn't even have D.D. Westbrook. Westbrook's off to the NFL. 
They're much more balanced and probably deeper at wide receiver. Oklahoma's going to be a force to be reckoned with. That's going to be a great game this weekend when they play Ohio State. At number four, jumping all the way up, that's right, Michigan. Listen, folks, Michigan bludgeoned Florida. Like, behind the woodshed, don't show up tomorrow type of bludgeoning. And I kept telling you during the offseason, don't worry about how many players they're missing from last year's defense because most of them got experience, and it's not necessarily returning starters, but it, it is returning experience. Guess what? They're faster, more physical for Don Brown, their defensive coordinator. That's a team to watch out for if their quarterback plays well. Did not play well in week one. Um, jumping all the way into the top ten and all the way into the top five, I did not have Clemson in my first poll uh, in the top ten. And they're all the way at number three. Why? Because they only had one major question for me. And that guy came out and he played ridiculously well. I thought it was going to be difficult for them to replace Deshaun Watson. Kelly Bryant proved me wrong. 80 yards rushing. Their defense is great. Dabo Sweeney's a great coach. Brent Venables is their defensive coordinator. He's a great uh, coach as well. I'm getting some heat for this. It's controversial, I guess. Alabama at number two. Basically, I'm telling you, hey, Alabama, I think you're going to be not only in the playoff, but in the national championship. They were exactly who we thought they were. Tough on defense, great special teams. I still have questions about their passing game. They did not answer those in the affirmative. That's why I kept them at number two. And my number one team in the country after week one is Ohio State. Now you can say, hey, they struggled with Indiana. No, they actually didn't. They won by like four scores. Um, so that's not struggling. Uh, they might have been sluggish for a half but they were breaking in a new offensive coordinator, Kevin Wilson, and they found playmakers on the outside. Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, J.K. Dobbins. How about Dobbins? True freshman. Are you kidding me? These guys are all fast. They've got more speed and the ability to get the ball down the field, which they didn't have a year ago. Bottom line is, I think Alabama might be a touch worse than they were a year ago, and Ohio State very much better than they were a year ago. That's why I've got them in the one and two position. All right, let's get into love it or hate it. Some things that I liked, some things that I maybe didn't. Um, okay, so week one of the college football season always gives us new things and ways to evaluate certain entities like teams, conferences, sometimes even divisions. So the first thing that I loved uh, was the fact that the Big Ten East was sensational in week one. I think it was the best division in college football in the first week of the season. Now you could say, that we knew that before the season, but did we really? Because all the inexperience for Michigan, we didn't really know what Rutgers was gonna be in second year for Chris Ash. But as you run down these schools, look at what happened. Michigan took Florida behind the woodshed. I mean, physically dominated them. Ohio State, better than they were a year ago. Why? Because they've got speed and explosiveness on the outside with guys like Paris Campbell, Johnny Dixon, J.K. Dobbins, the true freshman. Oh, hey, by the way, they get their leading rusher from a year ago back this week in Mike Weber. So you know Ohio State's going to be better. And in that same game, a team also proved that they were better than a year ago, Indiana. Uh, Richard uh, Lego was tremendous at quarterback, almost 400 yards. You've got a guy like Simi Cobbs who showed out, and he's an NFL caliber receiver. T. Gray Scales on the defense played well uh, for a half, so they're better. Maryland gets a huge win at Texas. Congratulations to DJ Durkin. They're obviously getting better. Rutgers played 
an extremely tough game against Washington. They're clearly getting better. They have all those graduate transfers. That's going to be a tough out in the Big Ten East. They're no longer a laughing stock. Michigan State, better than they were a year ago. And then we get to Penn State. They come out there and just took care of business. Name the weak link in that division. You'd probably look to Maryland, Indiana, probably Rutgers. Hey, guess what? They're all better than a year ago. Second thing that I loved, Oregon. No one's talking about Oregon. Justin Herbert, 81%. They put up 70-plus points, I think 77 on Southern Utah, and they still have Royce Freeman. Let's not sleep on Oregon now in Willie Taggart's first year. This is a good team, in particular on the offensive side. They proved that in week one. Number three for me and things I love, Kelly Bryant from Clemson. Touche, sir. You've got the toughest job in all of college football. You've got to replace Deshaun Watson. What'd you do? You came out there, rushed for 80 yards, terrific down the field throwing the ball. If you play like that for Clemson, they are absolutely going to be the ACC favorite, in particular after DeAndre Francois's injury and potentially back in the playoff competing for a national championship. The last thing uh, that I absolutely loved this weekend in college football, Jake Olson, the long snapper for USC. That was tremendous. Jake, of course, lost his eyesight in an operation when he was 12 due to cancer, and he has just continued to persevere, set goals for himself, and achieve those goals. Well, one of those goals was getting to play for the USC Trojans. Big shout out to Pete Carroll, who brought him into the program all the way back when he was 12, kind of sheltered him. They took him in, almost adopted him. And on Saturday, Jake Olson ran out on the field at the Coliseum and snapped the football for a PAT. Well done, Jake. We all were rooting for you, every single one of us, no matter the color of jersey or shirt we had on and what team we root for. Uh, some things now that I hate, okay? Week one always presents some of those things that are on the opposite side or trending in the wrong direction. Unfortunately for all the teams in Texas, uh, you all did not play very well. Baylor got beat by Liberty. That's a tough way to open up for Matt Rule. Um, I don't know where that program's at. I said a couple of years ago with the things that they were dealing with internally, that they were likely going to return to the basement of the Big 12 where they had sat when that conference first got started. And judging by the fact that they just got beat at home by Liberty, they're training in that direction. Uh, Texas losing to Maryland in a game that they were favored in, in Tom Herman's first game. That's not the way he wants to start things. That defense, you got to start tackling people, okay? Like, I don't care who your coach is or what they're doing with the locker room or any of those things. The de defensive players for Texas, you have to start bringing the ball carrier to the ground. That's what they've struggled with to the for the most part of two years. Uh, and then Texas A&M, 34-point comeback for UCLA. That's rough. That's rough. There was a lot of positives for A&M, and then the comeback happened. Um, second thing that I just didn't like at all, the dunk bucket or whatever that was, running up and down the sidelines. Tennessee is like a blue blood program. I'm going to get almost upset at this. Tennessee is like from all of our youths. We watch Tennessee football, Philip Fulmer winning 10 games a year, Peyton Manning playing quarterback, winning a national championship with T. Martin over Florida State. I mean, they are a like tried and true college football institution. And we just witnessed a game in which they employed a coach to run up and down the sidelines with a trash can. Oh my gosh, I hate my life when I'm watching something like that. A dunk bucket. I'm so insulted and the players should be insulted too. What is this? Like we're three years old and we need to coerce you to eat your peas at dinner. 
Oh, I hate it so much it hurts. I hate it so much it hurts. Partly because I'm insulted that you think that you can motivate your team to play harder or value the ball more by dunking a ball in a bucket that a coach is holding over his head with stickers that weren't even good enough to stay on the bucket in the first place. Ah, oh, Butch, you're at Tennessee. Act like it. Um, and third thing that I hated, Tony Busby. Tony Busby is on the Board of Regents at Texas A&M. Tony posted on Facebook that he wanted to fire Kevin Sumlin immediately, and that would be his vote on the Board of Regents. First of all, you're not Joe Aggie fan, Tony. You sit on the Board of Regents. You need to understand where you're at and the place that you hold for that university. You are a representative of the university, and guess what? Your university represents a region, not only of the state, but the country. And right now, Tony, you executed some serious misguided judgment there because the tone-deaf nature of your comments with what your region is dealing with right now, with the worst natural disaster, in particular in terms of flooding, that our nation has ever seen, and you want to spend $10 million in a full buyout per the contract of two years of Kevin Sumlin right now? Aren't these players amateur? We didn't draft them. They chose to go to Texas A&M. They chose to play for Kevin Sumlin. He's under contract, and they should play for him, at least until the end of the season. If you want to make the decision then, go ahead. But your comments in week one of the season, after you saw 10 true freshmen on the field, and what your region is going through, I don't like it. Tony Busby, I hate it. Isn't the internet fun? It's such like a utopian space where everyone's nice to each other and compliments each other and, oh, it's just so much fun. That's why we went out and got some of the compliments that folks have given me during the course of this week. And we're gonna read them just so that we can brighten everyone's day. It's called Clapback. It's not really, I'm gonna be super sarcastic and rip down people's tweets that they sent me because this is really fun. Cause you don't get a chance to do this when you're me all the time. All right, here we go. Chris in Astoria, congratulations. You've made the show at Rose Bowl 92. Apparently you're a what, Washington fan, 92 Rose Bowl. Chris in Astoria says, holy cow, TV on mute now for clat games. How Ohio State is number one after the struggle with Indiana for two and a half quarters and compare with Bama FSU game. Emoji rolling his eyes. Chris in Astoria, joke is on you. <laughs> mute my games. How are you going to listen to Gus? Way to go, pal. You just muted Gus Johnson. Fail. You fail. Dave. Heath at D bar, whatever. Dave Heath says, so this week means nothing unless the team loses. There isn't one thing anybody saw that could possibly justify Ohio State being over Alabama. Dave, there were several things, actually. I'll mention them now. One, Alabama still couldn't throw the football. That's a problem. It's still football. You still have to throw the ball down the field and save for one pass to Calvin Ridley. That's a question that remains for Alabama. Can they throw the ball efficiently? I did not see the sufficient growth from Jalen Hurts to say that they're a better team in that area. Number two, Dave, speed on the outside for Ohio State. Not only on the defense, on their uh, edges with their pass rushers, but also on the outside with their speed players in the skilled positions. Last year, they didn't have that. 
No one to throw to to create big plays. Now, all of a sudden, Paris Campbell takes it down the sideline. Johnny Dixon's running right through the middle of the field. Oh, hey, by the way, this 18-year-old named J.K. Dobbins is, like, carving up Indiana. I know Indiana's not a defensive juggernaut, but he's 18. That's a thing. Dave, you said nothing. That's a thing. Three, they beat a division opponent on the road by four scores in the biggest game in that building in the last quarter century. So... Cool, Dave. Cool. Doug says Michigan high due to QB, QB play. I don't disagree. Well done. Last but not least, a Tennessee fan comes in. Joel Gibson. This is going to be nice. He shares the name with me. Joel Gibson says, idiot. Joel on Joel crime, man. What's up with that? Totally unwarranted all right so two things that we know for sure one is i know at least matt likes clap back so it's going to make an appearance again next week as well <laughs> that should be a weekly appearance oh it's good it's oh it will anytime you get a it chance will. to talk smack back to your haters what? you gotta love it you gotta love it How would, <laughs> do you want to join someday i would love to join because i've got a couple re- it's like like a, like a segment of mean tweets right yeah, except, then, except you're not just reading them and like, ha ha, they said that to then, me. Then it's like, bam! And you just strike them right back, you know, right in their throat. You know what? I, I would say this. You know, this is pretty odd, but I got a, I got a Matt Liner looks like Adam Levine's brother, but much fatter. What would you like That's to say? That's what I got. I got. Uh, what would look, you like to say to that person? I like that person. I, well, I would have to, you know, let me prepare better for that. <laughs> but like, no, he looks like a fatter. <laughs> I was like, dude, I'm like 215 pounds. It's six I know. Five. It was. It made no sense. But Adam Levine's a good-looking dude, right? Yeah. And he's, so a what? Yeah. Whatever, like a, a heavier, good-looking guy. Whatever, man. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take the baby brother. Levine. I'll take it. He might not. He even won a Heisman. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Heisman performances. Let's get into that. Right, Matt right. won a Heisman. There were some like uh, I would say, I would say really strong strong to quite strong individual performances yeah. out of week one right. i was really impressed with a lot of guys specifically a lot of quarterbacks yeah they showed a lot of, but we want to get your take though and then i'll well, throw some hate your way but five to one five, after, after week one who do you got five to one and i'm going to preface this by saying it's just like you said there was i mean i could name 10 or 12 yeah. heisman worthy performances yeah. obviously it's the first week so this changes week to week Ooh, I, my I five setting something up my five is our my top five for the most part, already changed from last week. So starting number five, I got Mason Rudolph, Oklahoma State's quarterback, 2024, three bills. What did you like most about his game? The thing I love about him is, for one, he he looks bigger, stronger. As a quarterback, I love how in command he is of that offense. Mm. I love that every single year he's improved completion percentage, touchdown interception ratio. I just love that he takes shots. And, and I was gonna say, I love that Dude he fires. Yeah, it. he fires and he's accurate, and he's got he's 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 a gunslinger, but he's playing within their yeah. system, obviously with the high completion percentage. So who do you got four? Four. I got my boy Lamar Jackson, who I know Dude. you're. Uh, you know, I know you're not high on him. What, but, why is it? See that? No, 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 no. no. This is this is this Jackson. is this is half my segment. So let me keep going here. Okay, Joel, clap back. All right, I, I number love four. Lamar Jackson. Even though he blocked me on Twitter for no Did reason. Did he block you on Twitter? Yeah, that's all right. That's okay. It's okay. It's all Ooh, good. That, that probably stung a little you bit. You know what? It's, it's all right. Here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. It's not going to affect and, my vote. And I think, I think 
The chances of him winning it again are slim. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, just but, the odds of it. But what I wanted to see in this game was how how much improved he was as just a quarterback from the football. And he, he threw was. the ball well. He threw the ball well. He was more comfortable in the pocket. His receiving core, th- those guys made some great plays. I think those guys are going to develop as the season goes along. And then obviously – he does. He did what he did best, yeah, and just I mean, run like around and make him plays. I mean, he had what, 85 yards. Yeah, almost total 500 yards, yards of total Jeez. offense. Um, I, I'm a little higher on Louisville as a team. I just think I think they're kind of creeping on people. Yeah, they're okay. Um, but he was uh, he was sensational. So he's my number four. Three. Guy. <laughs> okay, number three. This is someone I left out of the top five, but I'm going to have to go with your boy, the game you called Sunday. See, why am I? Why do I hate Lamar and now all of a sudden Rosen's my boy? Well, just because you called the game and you called a great game, Thank by you, the way. brother. Um, number three that. is Josh Rosen. And he was so good. The reason why he wasn't in preseason is just because of the injuries last year. I wanted to see what he could do. And, and the thing I loved about him was the talent was there, but I said it. I'm sure you probably talked about it during the game, but I said it pregame. I just wanted to see how he handled adversity and how yeah. – how much of a leader he was on the sideline, and he he answered it. I mean, we know he could throw, and and he was slinging all over the field. But I would have been screaming at linemen, but throwing my helmet around, screaming he at was a composed, coach. Man, he, he was, was really he composed. was composed. He elevated the players around him. Yep. He made everyone better, um, and he just fought, man. And and that was one of the best quarterback performances I've seen in a long time. So he gets. He jumps all the way to number three. And how about the fourth quarter stat? 19 and 26, 292 and four touchdowns. That was his fourth quarter. I'm pretty sure I only had like a handful of games that were better than that fourth quarter. <laughs> he threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, down by 35 points. All right, two. Two. I got Saquon Barkley. And yeah, he was good. They beat Akron. I get it. They Akron have a much, or Akron? Akron, whatever. Okay. Um, they play a much tougher opponent in Pitt this week, Akron. Did I say Akron? No, don't worry about I it. I like it's to pronounce it. It's fine. He was phenomenal. Uh, 14, 172. Also had three catches for 50 yards. And I, he's the best running back in college football. And I just uh, – there was other running backs, Darius Gusser, other running backs that had good games. But Barkley is just on a different yeah. level in my Ronald opinion. Jones had a Ronald had a Jones, nice Royce Freeman is a guy that I think figured like we've been talking about for three years and no one talks about him. Um, and then number one, I got Mayfield. And, and he was number two going Ooh. in. He only played two quarters, but he was pretty darn good in two quarters. I mean, he was nearly perfect. He was perfect in two quarters. He completed his first 16 passes. It's crazy. And, uh, I, and, and to me, with Ohio State this week, this is the moment, right? This is mm-hmm. a Heisman moment. He has potential on the road. And my concern going in was the running backs, the receivers. They got some really talented young receivers. Yeah, I was, Mark Andrews is a stud. He's I was been, impressed with their wide receiver depth. I don't know about their running backs yet. Yeah, they're young. They were okay. Um, but I mean, you've called his games. I just, I just love the way he plays. Yeah, he's a competitor. And I, I saw him at the Big Twelve Media Days, and I was like, "Hey, man, you excited?" And he was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it's like easy. He's, it is August. He's wired a little. He played like it. He that's is. How he I plays. loved it. And he, uh, he, he's special, man. If they can win this game, I'm. Mean, he's, he's right up there. So, Sam Darnold left my list. Oh. Um, has an opportunity this week. Listen, this is week to week. I thought I, I did a couple honorable mention names. Luke Falk, uh, Darius Geis was really good. Drew Locke was amazing. Uh, Drew numbers. Locke. I just want to give his numbers, yeah. yes. Um, first of all, Missouri gave up almost 500 yards of offense to Missouri State. So Locke didn't just put up huge numbers just because he had to. Right. Um, and he goes off for 521 yards, seven touchdowns. 
and they scored 72 points. That's not bad. Touche, sir. Touche. Great performance. Matt never did that. I didn't. I did not. You're right. Just saying. We really appreciate you guys watching. We hope you like the Chalk Talk, Clat Back, Matt with his top five Heisman Trophy candidates. We had a lot going on. So make sure to come back next week. Download this as a podcast if you want to listen to it. Uh, and share the show with your friends. And remember, keep those comments coming because we love them. We love them. And your goal really should be send me a nasty enough tweet to get on the show. That's really the goal, right? It's got to be the goal. Anyways, thanks for watching. Breaking the Huddle presented by Dr. Pepper.